Welcome back to Afternoons. Great to have your company on this Monday afternoon, November 11. Golly gosh, where are the days going? I can't believe we're nearly Christmas time. And speaking of Christmas, Donna Hay is going to join us a little later. The Christmas queen when it comes to decorations and styling and what to put on the table and what to cook. And, you know, she she can make a, a, a pav just look like a million dollar pavlova. She's got such a gift. Anyway, she's going to join us a little later in the program. So uh, if you're starting to think about uh, how you're going to decorate the table or what you're going to put on the menu, then uh, make sure you're listening at around three o'clock and, and join the program. We're also going to be talking scams. Uh, Aussies uh, are set to lose around $4 billion in, uh, to scammers this year, an incredible amount of money. So we're going to talk to an expert, uh, Professor Nigel Farr, who's the Director of uh, Enterprise at the University of New South Wales in regards to how to spot a scam and uh, just how clever these little bastards are getting. But as we know, this Saturday, 90-year anniversary of the pageant, which is super exciting. I'm going to take the boys along. It's been a good couple of years since I've been and I cannot wait. But also on this day, there is another exciting event that happens in our great state, the uh, Adelaide Fire Station, the doors to the Adelaide Fire Station, they open right after Santa sweeps on through and says g'day to all the kids. Uh, it hasn't been around for quite some time due to COVID, but it is back again. And joining us in studio is the MFS Assistant Chief Fire Officer, Peter Button. Great to have you in the studio. How are you going? Going well, Jade. Thank you very much for inviting me in. I bet you're a little bit excited. It's been, a, a, well, what, two, three years? It's been a couple of years since uh, the pageant went off the streets into the Adelaide Oval, so we're really excited at the Adelaide Fire Station to, to as you said, swing the doors open again and invite the public in. What does it mean for you guys to also invite everybody in and just see behind the scenes and, and what you do? Oh, it's a great opportunity for us to showcase our actual capabilities, our appliances, our protective clothing. Uh, this has been uh, I'm a part of our calendar for 11 years now, and as I said, it's been off the off the streets for two years. But back in 2010, uh, the Assistant Chief Fire Officer of, of Operations recognised the the benefit in opening the doors to the public. So that person was our current Chief Officer now. He he saw that um, fire stations traditionally the doors go up, fire trucks rush out, go after their emergency, and the doors close behind them. And mm. and it's not that we are hiding anything. But that's just the way we work with security. But it's a really good opportunity for the public to come in, see our fire trucks, see our capability. There'll be multiple displays on throughout the day that we're really excited to, to show ourselves off, our organisation off, that we're very, very proud of. Well, it's so true, isn't it? Because we always see you buzzing around town and doing rescues, putting fires out. And then as a kid, you've got girls and boys, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a fireman. And then, you know, some schools, if you're really lucky, a fire truck will come and visit and the yep. kids go absolutely Gaga, to, you know, just to get their hands on the hose and, you know, climb up the ladder. So it is, it must bring so many smiles to so many people's faces. Yeah. And that's one of the really great parts of the job is, is to be able to impart our knowledge and, and get some information, some fire safety information across the schools. So our community engagement, engagement department will help the schools out. So getting in contact with them to have fire trucks visit their schools or they can come and visit the Adelaide station. But on a grand scale, it's swinging the doors open this Saturday 
to let the public come in. It, we recognise it's a captive audience. There's a lot of people that come into town for the pageant. So that's a great opportunity for us to get the doors open and not just for the kids themselves. There's the term we use, the kid alts. I mean, who doesn't <laughs> love a fire truck? Who doesn't love to see what's going on? So we'll have those displays. They'll get to climb over the trucks and have a look around, get their hands on with some of the equipment as well. What happens if there's a fire? Uh, we have dedicated crews that will be set aside uh -huh. to be able to respond to those fires. They'll be uh, set aside from Adelaide Station. So during the pageant, we'll respond out of the rear gates, not the front, because the pageant actually goes right past Wakefield Street Station. Mm -hmm. So there's a traffic management plan put in place, and we'll be responding out of the rear of the out of the station. Uh, if if the crews need to go to a fire whilst the open day is on, we have dedicated crews staged strategically to be able to respond to those fires. My guest in the studio is MFS Assistant Chief Fire Officer Peter Button. We're talking all things open day uh, for this weekend, but we're going to be also talking about training and development and just the industry in general. So if you'd like to join in and, and give us a buzz and ask any questions about the fireys at all, Everything uh, is on the cards. You can join the program, 8223 0000. And, of course, the text lines are also open, 0448 08 How has the MFS Open Day grown over the years to become, really is, that, that key event in the city after the pageant? Uh, like I said before, Michael Morgan saw the opportunity to swing the doors open. It started out, uh, I won't say slow. We have a lot of people that just see that the station open and decide to come in. Mm. But it's grown over the years. We're expecting anywhere between two to 4,500 people this weekend this saturday depending on weather conditions of course um it's just it's that opportunity you know that they see the stations open let's go and see what's going on we're going to have multiple displays on we'll have abseiling displays like rescue displays rescue mm -hmm. from heights we'll have road crash rescue displays so we have a simulated car crash where our road awareness program will be uh, putting on offer what we do at vehicle accidents uh we'll have multiple fire trucks there we're hoping that our sister agencies, the CFS and the SES, will also be able to attend, depending on operational um, you know, incidents yeah, that are course. going. So they, they will possibly be there. SAPOL and SAS will also be the ambulance service. Um, there's a good chance for people to come in and discuss recruitment with some of our recruitment staff. So we'll have male and female staff available mm -hmm. to discuss the opportunities within our organisation. There'll be community safety displays, so the, the, not only the kids but the adults can engage with our community education department to discuss home fire safe plans, evacuation plans. There is going to be the stop, drop, cover and roll for the kids to engage in. It's a game that they play where it's a bit of a competition to see who can uh, drop and cover and roll the fastest to be able to put the fire out if their clothes were on fire. Talk to me a little bit more about the uh, the crash incident and what what's involved with that okay. and what can people see? Yeah, sure, Jay. They'll have a uh, a simulated accident, so it might it might just be a single vehicle or a multiple vehicle accident with um, people sitting in the vehicles as the casualties, simulated casualties. Mm -hmm. So we'll have people talking through what the the operators are going through, how they cut the vehicles open, the the safety considerations they have to put in place. Is that those jaws of life. Yes, that we that's, always that's hear correct. About? Yes, yep, yeah, that's oh. the the term, the jaws of life, or or rescue equipment, hydraulic rescue equipment we use um, they'll discuss the safety precautions that need to be put in place for our operators so it is a risky job what we do the, what the firefighters do but we have great systems of work that to help protect our, our firefighters great protective clothing that's some some of the stuff that people will be able to see and interact with see our protective clothing they'll go through the the what we call an evolution of cutting a car uh, to extricate the casualties from the vehicle and we'll have someone there from our road awareness program to explain 
the evolution that they're going through. A lot of people wouldn't maybe un- un- realise that you do so much of that because you just presume that the cops do that, don't you? Uh, the MFS and the CFS and SES do road crash rescue, road accident rescue. We do rescues of all types from, yeah. from rescue from heights uh, and uh, domestic industrial rescues. Um, SAPOL are the coordinating authority in South Australia, but we take the lead and SES and CFS take the lead on the hazard itself. And tell me, the most funnest part of the day, do you get to see the hoses being squirted out the back? Uh, yeah, there'll be an opportunity uh, for some of the fire trucks to be out the back to be demonstrating some of our, our operational capability with hoses. I remember, I'll always remember that as a, as a kid, going on an excursion to the... <laughs> to the day and then, yep. and the power that comes out of those hoses is unbelievable. That's correct, yeah. So we have multiple size hoses we use and, and to simplify it down, it's a small hose for a small fire or a big hose for a big fire. And yeah, the, the, the 50 millimeter hose is our medium, 64 millimeter is the large and that typically takes two operators to hold. Gosh, really? Yeah. yeah. What's the force that comes out of those things? Well, it depends on, it's, it gets quite, I don't want to get too technical. <laughs> it depends how many litres per minute uh-huh. you're delivering and the pressure you're delivering, but it, it can take two operators to maintain a 64 millimetre hose in place. And we use them at large industrial fires where you're, you're typically protecting exposures or trying to contain the fire to the, the property. Now, I understand that many families like to visit the Magic Cave on Pageant Day, and I've heard MFS Open Day, a great way for people to spend some family time while they wait for the Magic Cave lines to subside. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, that, that's smart, isn't it? How long does the, the tour take? Uh, yeah, Jade, look, the doors will be swung open, as you said, straight after Santa goes past, so roughly about 11am, and we'll be open until 2.30. So it is a great buffer. So, I mean, no one likes a standing queue, so it'll be a great time waster or time not wasting. You're there to, to learn. You know, it's a great opportunity for them to come in and see our capabilities, see our vehicles, interact with our staff, and just get to see the behind the scenes of the fire service. I understand that you're very passionate about creating you know, greater diversity in the recruitment of firefighters. What does the MFS Open Day offer for men and women who might be thinking of a career in firefighting? Uh, Jay, we'll have uh, some of our recruitment staff, both male and female, to be on scene to discuss um, career opportunities with the MFS, and and you know, I've I've worked with uh, the Peak Body Australian Australasian Fire and Authorities Council on diversity and inclusion, and I like to call it inclusion and diversity because if we can't get the inclusion part right, there's no point in diversifying the organisation. Mm. And it's not I always say this: it's not just about male or female. Diversification is about all facets of life. It's the skill sets that people bring to the organisation. It's the the different thinking and the different abilities that we bring in. So it's cultural and 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 you know gender, cultural, all, all those varying facets that make up diversity. Are many people signing up for the the gig? Yeah, yeah. We um we've actually had the doors not closed for a couple of years because of COVID, but that has impacted on our recruitment campaigns. Yeah. We opened. Uh, applications earlier this year and we kept them open for five weeks. We received just over 1,500 applications Whoa. and what we do is a recruitment process that's just in time. So we run the first assessment that gives us an order of merit from 1 to 1,500 and then we, we take the best off the top to progress to the next assessment. So there's multiple assessments through the process. There's a physical assessment that comes after the, the first profiling assessment. So that's the shuttle run, the beep test. If you're successful in that, you'll progress to an interview. Mm-hmm. If you're successful through the interview and, and ranked high enough, you'll progress to the second physical, which is a functional capacity test. So that's about holding hoses, dragging dummies, climbing towers, lifting ladders, uh, working in gas-tight suits, so hazmat suits. 
so then there's multiple assessments going on in the background around police checks and profiling, also um, getting referee checks on the people. Um, so we, we time that. We're going to run a recruit course in the first quarter of next year. But from this point on, I anticipate we'll be running recruit courses uh, two to three per year of 18 recruits, and we're looking at, at increasing that number. We have a, an ageing profile in our workforce, so we're mm-hmm. looking to increase our recruitment activities to, to supplement that. So from that 1,500, you're getting 18? No, that's the first course will be 18. Right. So we anticipate three courses next year, so that'll be 54. Okay. And out of that recruitment, the applications stay live for two years. But what we've been traditionally doing over the last five or six years is we take applications again next year and next year's applications integrate based on their scores with the current applications. So the people that applied this year will keep their application live and depending on how how high they are ranked, we would anticipate over the next two years we'll take in excess of 100 people Mm -hmm. out of that 1,500. Have you got a lot of people signing up that have, you know, maybe got a little bit jaded with their career in the past two years and, and want to complete an utter career change? We, we see a lot of people that want that career change and, and the MFS is seen as, as an employer of choice. It, it can provide you with a great work-life balance. So the shift mm-hmm. work can provide you with great work-life balance. I found that for the first 18 years of my career, I was on the trucks on shift. So the shift work gave me a great balance for, for days and nights and days off. And then I transitioned over to day work back in 2005. It was really, it was just the time that I decided to go to day work, but it worked out really, really well for myself and my family. My kids were just into school. They were just into sport. So being on day work gave me every night off, every weekend off to spend that time with the family, to be able to go to their sports, to go to their training. And, you know, 17 years later, I'm still enjoying what I do. I love that. We've got to take a really short break. My guest in studio is MFS Assistant Chief Fire Officer Peter Button. And if you'd like to ask him any questions about the fireys, please join us. Give us a call, 8223-0000. Of all the trillions of atoms in the universe... How special it is to think that the atoms of comets, volcanoes, brontosauruses and Shakespeare live on in you, me, chainsaws, pizza ovens, decorative garden meerkats. The middle aisle of Aldi Special Pies is special. You can buy every Wednesday and Saturday at Aldi. Good. Different. When shopping around for hearing aids, the main sound you'll hear is... But not at Specsavers, where you don't have to pay top dollar for top-of-the-range hearing aids. Just book a free 15-minute hearing check at specsavers.com.au forward slash hearing. Then maybe you could use those savings to hear something more pleasant like... Should have gone to Specsavers. Conditions apply. Do you live in a low reception area? A Telstra Go repeater can maximise your coverage, improving your call experience and giving you consistent data performance. And if you're a resident of the Mount Barker or Adelaide Hills Council areas, you may be eligible for a subsidy of up to $888 on your Telstra Go repeater, antenna and installation. To learn more, register your interest online or visit us at our Mount Barker or Adelaide CBD store. 
can fix the shower? Service today. Who can fix the power? Service today. Yes, we can, is what we say. Service today. Every time you see our bright yellow trucks in your area, we're helping out your neighbours. We can help you too. So for the best plumbing, electrical, heating and cooling work, call Service Today 24-7. Can you fix the shower? Yes, we can. Can you fix the power? Yes, we can. Yes, we can, is what we say. Service Today. Call 1300-SERVICE. Here at 5AA, we're all about supporting local. Here's who you can support around Adelaide. Experience Australia's most popular Chuck Berry show, Wild Berry, starring Dominic Anthony, Friday, November 25 at the Arkabar Hotel. Book now at stickytickets.com.au. Experience a slam dunk before the game or a masterpiece before the concert with a pre-show meal at Jama's Kitchen, perfectly placed near the entertainment centre. Jama'skitchen.com.au. Hi, it's Frank the Posty again with Rocky. Rocky reckons some of you still haven't filled in and posted your ballot papers for the 2022 council elections. But you can still make sure your vote counts. Take your completed ballot papers and envelope directly to your local council and place it in the ballot box provided. Just make sure you do it before 5pm this Thursday or you'll have to deal with Rocky. Find out more at councilelections.sa.gov.au. Live local, vote local. To book a free 15-minute hearing check, specsavers.com.au forward slash hearing. This is Jade Robran. Welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we know that the pageant is coming to town on Saturday. And if you're looking for something to do after the pageant to keep you busy and to learn lots... The MFS Open Day is happening and uh, it opens their doors. They open their doors pretty much after Santa arrives. Uh, lots going on and my guest in studio is Peter Button, who is the Chief Fire Officer there. And uh, we'd love you to join the program. So if you've got any questions at all about the fireies, 8223 is the number to call. Uh, Peter, I've got a message here saying, uh, can I ask you if they're taking volunteers now or if they're not vaccinated for COVID-19, can they volunteer with them. Uh, yeah, thanks, Jaden. Thanks for the uh, the field promotion. I'm assistant chief fire officer. I hope Michael Michael Morgan hasn't heard that and thought he's been been demoted. But um, so the MFS don't have volunteers. We have what's known as retained staff out at our major major regional centres. So they're on a retainer basis and they're paid for training and attending fire calls. Uh, so we don't actually have volunteers as such. That would be the country fire service that have volunteers. And Dale's messaged in saying, how are you woken up when there's a fire? Uh, that's, that's an interesting question. <laughs> Thanks, Dale. So if um, you're on night shift, so our shift patterns are two 10-hour days, eight in the morning till six at night, followed by two 14-hour nights, six at night to the eight o'clock the next morning morning um hopefully we won't be busy and that's not because firefighters are lazy it's because we don't want the public to be affected too much by incidents but if you're on station at night time and you're reclining um so first thing that happens when a fire call comes in is the, the lights go on in the room so that's the first alert then uh, there will be an announcement from our communication center to advise what vehicles are going to that incident. So if you're at a single appliance station and the lights come on, you know you're going to that, that incident. Mm-hmm. If you're an Adelaide station or a multiple appliance station, you'll listen to the, the broadcast and whatever, uh, motor vehicles or whatever trucks are going to that, that emergency incident. Well, then you'll make your way down to the, to the truck. So we do have bells, but they, uh, they're sort of referred to as crickets. They're, they're like loud crickets. They're not really, really loud bells. So there's no heart attacks going on from I was the bells. Say, that'd be an awful way to wake yeah, up. Yeah. So, you know, you, you make your way down 
down to the trucks and then there's a, a small computer terminal in the trucks that provide you further information as to what the emergency incident will be. So in your career, just say in a year, year I know every year is different, but on average, how often would you be woken up in a night? Oh, that varies from station to station and command to command. So we have really busy stations that, that you know, you'll be up most of the night. So mm. there, and there are times where you just get back to the station and off you go again. So it does really vary from station to station. You know, the MFS responds to 21,000 incidents per year. So it, it's pretty regular that we're out and on the road, which is unfortunate for the public, but that's what we're here to do. And is summer busier than winter? We get just have different incidents through winter so mm. through summer we'll see a lot more grass fires we support the cfs you know out of the bushfire regions uh we do get grass fires in the metropolitan area through winter we'll see chimney fires from combustion heaters or or an increased um number of road accident rescues because of the wet roads so the just the, the type of job changes Let's uh, turn our attention back to the yep. MFS Open Day. Uh, it's all about fun and family, uh, but there's also home safety educational element too, which uh, I always think is really handy, and, and you can never be too young to learn that. Yeah, that's right. So our community education department will be there, and they'll be running a competition with the kids to do the, the stop, cover, drop, and roll. So in the un- unfortunate event that their, their clothing was on fire, that's teaching them how to, to mitigate that hazard. The, uh, the adults will be also be able to interact with our community education staff to develop home, to discuss about home fire safety plans, about smoke alarm awareness and about what we should be using in the house, how often we should be changing the batteries. It, it, we try to make it a fun event the whole day and quite often people are learning and they don't realise it because it's been so fun. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the best kind of learning, yeah. I think. And uh, lots of really, you know, there's lots of trucks, there's equipment also on display, PPE. Yep. There's going to be something for everybody. That's correct. So we'll have a lot of vehicles on display from right from our, our pumping vehicles, our pump rescues, our technical rescue vehicle, our elevated work platforms, as, and it's quite often referred to in the uh, on the news as cherry pickers or their elevated work platforms. So our combination aerial pumping appliances and our large elevated work platforms, they're, they're, the, the make of them is a Bronto. You know, they're 37 metres up where we can uh, safely rescue people. So just remind us again when the door's opening. So the door's open uh, pretty much straight after Santa and his sleigh move past the Adelaide Fire Station this Saturday, 12th of November. Roughly around 11 o'clock the doors will, go, will come open and we'll be staying open until about 2.30 for the public. Beautiful. Lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for coming into the studio and good luck. Great. Have Thanks. fun. Thanks for having me, Jade. Summer.